to the Prophetic Imagination Station podcast. We analyze evangelical media, mostly from the 80s and 90s. This season is the seventh season, and it's called I Went to the Movies Without You. Are we recording? We are recording. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Prophetic Imagination Station. I'm DL, and I'm Crispin. See, I'm trying to. I'm trying to be like a real podcast. Uh huh. Right, where we like introduce ourselves mm-hmm. at the beginning. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, we are married to each other. Yes. That's like our shtick. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And uh, our shtick this season is that we're too busy and tired and depressed to watch a lot of movies, but we take turns watching things and telling the other person about it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously our niche is Christian stuff. I almost said the S-H-I-T word, but I did not. (laughs) And uh, yeah, we basically have doctorates in white evangelical culture of the 80s and 90s, Mm right? Yeah. Um, and what, what would you say qualifies us to consider ourselves to have doctorates? Because we have put in the hours, yes. my bud. Right. We lived it. Oh yeah. We lived it. But we've done more than live it. And now we study it. Yes. For funsies, basically. <laughs> I mean, we have a few Patreons. Right. That's true. You. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And we were like, okay, we're going to do some Christian-ish movies. And I was thinking more like the fireproof kind of Mm -hmm. thing but it turns out there's a wide spectrum of christian media out right now and we mean like out right now Mm -hmm. right Right, yeah being like oh my gosh there's another christian movie Uh we have to go see so uh it was my turn last week and you had told me about this movie so Mm -hmm. tell me how you found out about it uh actually sovan penn who was a guest on um my other podcast attached to the invisible uh, let us know about it on our Instagram. Oh, so that was how okay. I found out about it. That is very helpful. Yes, because it was it was not like broadly advertised. No. It was sort of a niche thing. Yeah, so it's a movie about C.S. Lewis, and it's called C.S. Lewis. Wait, what's it called? Oh my, the succulent revert. No. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> the reluctant convert. I am starting this off terribly. Okay. The official title The Most Reluctant Convert The Untold Story of C.S. Lewis. Okay. How does that strike you? The most, do you think C.S. Lewis is the most reluctant convert in the entire world? In well, the world? I, I mean, I get, I get that. Um, and I get like the impulse behind it uh-huh. is this like Christian sort of like we've, you know, we can, we can win over the intellectuals. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you did not see the movie. So tell me what you think. Yeah. No. Right. Yeah. About. Well, the untold story. Mm-hmm. I mean, we did a whole season on C.S. Lewis, so it's hard to say. And I mean, on the Chronicles of Narnia in particular. Right. Yes. yes. Okay. Did yes. A deep dive into C.S. Lewis. Yes. So yes. we know a bit about C.S. Lewis. We did not do a whole season on him. We did it on the Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah. You are correct. Uh-huh. But everybody's problematic fave. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, thinking about it, like, I know that he became a Christian mm-hmm. um, and like, I know a bit about that story. So I don't know if they're assuming people just assume that he grew up Christian and was always Christian, which is not true. So I don't know if that's what the untold story is, mm-hmm. but it sounds like a, uh, it sounds like clickbait to me. 
Oh, (laughs) that's how it just you asked me, like, what do I hear? And I hear like, this is something I probably already know, but you're trying to put it in the subtitle so that I'll think like, oh, what do I not know? And go see the movie. And that's the thing about Christian movies, like explicitly Christian movies. The whole time I'm watching them, it's like, who is this for? Because Mm -hmm. it's obviously for Christians, but it also has to give the illusion of like, we're making Christian art uh-huh. for a secular world, and well, we're here to show them <laughs> and possibly convert them uh-huh. to Christianity. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm really curious to hear about this movie, because I know that there is at least one legit British actor, right? Yes. It's, it's not, this isn't Kirk Cameron. No, it's not. And the thing is, the people behind this movie do not have, like, extensive, like, Google histories, like the Kirk Camerons or whichever one of the Baldwin mm-hmm. brothers is a Christian now, you know. Um, also, Zachary Levi is turning into, like, a Christian film star, which uh-huh. we will get to in a later episode. Yes. Uh, which is so odd. Uh, but, yeah, Nick, uh, what's, this ki- what's this kid's name? His Nicholas Ralph? He is from... Um, all Creatures Great and Small. Mm-hmm. Which, which, not everybody, I'm not going to assume everyone knows what that is. I will assume. Okay. <laughs> Here's the thing. All Creatures Great and Small. Tangent. Tangent alert. Mm-hmm. All Creatures Great and Small. Uh, like, they're based on this books by James Harriet. James Harriet is 100% my comfort reading. It's about a vet in the English Wales, you know, like... Mm-hmm. In what time period? It's like 30s. Okay, yeah. 30s and 40s, just like as things are slowly starting to become modernized. It's like that time period between where literally vets had access to nothing that could save animals, and then all of a sudden, mm. they could save animals. Mm-hmm. And um, farms were sort like, the family farm was starting to leave. And so, it's really fascinating, very heartwarming. The show's on PBS, All Creatures Great and Small, comfort show for sure. Is it Masterpiece Theater? I don't know. But it's that I feel vibe. like everything on PBS is Masterpiece Theater. Uh-huh. Yes, it's like nothing untoward. You know what I mean? Like, right. Christians would watch this. Yeah, exactly. This is the thing that homeschooling, like, yes. your homeschooling family would have, like, grown up And with. I'm not ashamed of loving it, okay? Uh-huh. But we've only seen the first season. And I feel like this is Nicholas Ralph's first thing. And he's, okay. like, a Scottish guy. That's probably why they mm-hmm. cast him, because James Harriet was Scottish, mm-hmm. ended up working in England. And um, and as we know, in in England, in, in greater UK, there are, like, five actors total. Yeah. And so, like... Well, and even, like, if you're looking for Scottish <laughs> actors, there's only two. Right. So, they got one, and they, so they just plucked him, mm-hmm. plucked him from somewhere. And, yeah, so... He stars as the young C.S. Lewis. You told me that. And I was like, okay, I'm in. I'm in. Uh You told me the guy from All Creatures Great and Small is in it. So I was like, okay. So I bought a ticket to go see this in the theater. Mm -hmm. Well, here's the deal. That guy is in it for like two minutes is what it felt like. Really? Yes. Uh, What? Did he have a Scottish accent? No. Okay. And also, he's the kind of actor where you're like, is he attractive or is he deeply not attractive? How do you feel about him? No, that's what I was just going to say. He's sort of like, he's likable, but he's sort of like, you know, a little lanky and gawky. goggly eyes. Right. A peaked nose. Mm -hmm. I mean, he definitely like fits well in the Doctor Who lineup. You know, like he could be a doctor. 
Oh. You know, I think of Matt Smith particularly. Yeah, and David Tennant, they all have very interesting features. So anyways, he doesn't look anything like C.S. Lewis, which is fine. But here's what I'll tell you about this movie. Here's here's where I knew I was in for a little bit of a different cinematic experience. Is when they show you, like, I believe it was like a 12-minute long. So I sat through the previews, which already were for a lot of Christian movies. Uh-huh. Then there's like this 12 minute, like the making of the most reluctant convert, you know, this mm-hmm. untold story of C.S. Lewis. And I was like, Oh no. Uh-huh. If they're doing this whole, like the making of, and here's how he did it. I, I just, I'm like, oh, this is already propaganda. Like this is already uh-huh. a propaganda film. Right. Because it's like, to me that says this film doesn't stand on its own. The fact that it is being made is important. Yeah, and like the directors and everybody's talking about like how important C.S. Lewis is uh-huh. and how important. And they filmed it during COVID, so there's lots of that. Like we filmed oh, okay. this during COVID. We filmed it in Oxford, and um, and it was also setting you up for what the movie is, mm. which is this one man who looks a lot like C.S. Lewis and who's really obsessed with C.S. Lewis wrote a play okay. where it's just him monologuing for over an hour about how he became a Christian as C.S. Lewis. Okay. That's what the movie is. So, like, the movie starts off with, like, this guy, the guy who wrote the play, who wrote the screenplay, and who stars in this film, Max McLean, he um, looks a lot like C.S. Lewis, which okay. I looked at pictures of when he was younger, and he did not. So, he is, like, gained weight he has styled his hair he has oh, huh. he's one of those people uh-huh. you know what i mean yeah right you know i was like I mean? got maybe got some plastic surgery i <laughs> i don't know about that but um it starts off with him like in an a director's chair or something and like he's getting his makeup done by some people and like there's directors walking around and they're like mm. action and then he just starts like talking to the camera as c.s lewis mm-hmm. right so that's kind of like the conceit of the film is he's breaking the fourth wall and he's uh, he's the older C.S. Lewis telling the story of his conversion. So then there'll be flashbacks. So it goes to his childhood and they have like a see. child actor playing him and then goes to his time at Oxford and, you know, there's a little bit of the war. And so that's the conceit of the film. And the guy is good. Like, okay. I don't want to say that he's not good because uh-huh. he is. He's and like an actor. He's an actor. <laughs> And, like, C.S. Lewis is an amazing writer. Like, I love the rhythm of his words. And that's the thing that's a little hard is if you've read a lot of C.S. Lewis, like, you will totally, you'll totally understand, like, the cadence and the words he uses. And, Mm. um, but at the same time, I'm like, this, lots of it is pulled from C.S. Lewis's book, Surprised by Joy. Mm. But there's been obvious, like, embellishments, too. And that gets a little sticky for me. I'm like, Mm. well, maybe it is verbatim. I actually don't know, but a part mm-hmm. of me is like, is it or is it not? Uh-huh. So really, it's one guy's like fashioning of C.S. Lewis's conversion story, uh-huh. and um, fashioning out of his fascination with C.S. Lewis. Yes. So already, there's some interesting uh-huh. stuff there. Um, yeah. What do you remember about C.S. Lewis converting to Christianity? And do you think like that's an untold story? I don't think so. And, you know, I really, like, I've I, just thinking about it, I was thinking about how C.S. Lewis was a weird, weird man. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a weird doe. Right. And I was thinking about how, like, 
that's actually like pretty true across the board. Like people that do significant things in the world, mm-hmm. or at least get acclaim for doing significant things that are theologians, like usually there's something about their personality that like leads to that in yeah. a way, right? And so when I think about C.S. Lewis, I'm like, you know, I I, I think of him as like sort of arrogant. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, having a lot to offer. And so I think like, it, it's just interesting thinking about like who, like how I picture him. I don't, I don't think of him as someone where I'm like, oh, he was amazing. I'm like, he sounds like someone that probably was like, you know, good to be friends with, hard to be in relationship with, mm-hmm. like just had all these quirks, um, and so then to like have a whole movie sort of like commemorating him, I was curious if that comes out or if they really idealized him. Yeah, they totally idealize him. And his conversion is basically this huge, long, internal philosophical mm-hmm. issue, which is very hard to make that cinematic. I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, I got kind of bored and overwhelmed with like, all the philosophy talk and uh-huh. the theater was pretty full, okay. you know, more full than anything I've been in recently. And, you know, I feel like most of the audience was obviously Christian and we're just like kind of just blinking, like taking in just all this talk of philosophy. So what you're saying is like, this is like more like a philosophy professor. Like yes. this is, this is outside the realm of like what a typical evangelical would be like exposed to. And I spent a bunch of time studying C.S. Lewis, trying to figure out his conversion and like why he was dr- so drawn to medievalism and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And so I was catching bits here and there, but I didn't catch all of it. And so I was uh-huh. like, I, I don't understand mm. how people will, receive this mm-hmm. you know the person going to fireproof i can't imagine mm. but they'll like some parts of it and that's uh-huh. an important thing to point out is they will like like he ended up becoming a christian because it's the best most true religion right and well that's what i was the gonna smartest person ever to live so if he says it and that even though he tried so hard like in godless uh, you know, Oxford, and he was mm-hmm. so embarrassed to actually be a theist, and then finally, you know, and the, the movie sort of hinges on that quote that we've talked about a little bit, and it has, actually has Tolkien saying this to C.S. Lewis, because okay. Tolkien makes a brief appearance, because they were friends at Oxford, and Tolkien was a Catholic, and they were kind of talking about Jesus, and, um, you know, Lewis had already said, like, I'm already a theist, and that's, like, embarrassing enough, mm. and I'm just going to stop it right there. Like, but I like Jesus, or so, you know, basically mm, okay. something like that. And then Tolkien's like, we can't really do that, you know? Mm. It's like Jesus was either a liar, a lunatic, or the Lord, you know, or, like, it's real. Oh, I didn't know that was Tolkien. Well, I don't, I'm not sure it was, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh-huh. So, he's, like, with these two guys, and they're both telling him, like, yeah, you can't have it both ways like Mm. it's either one or the other you Mm. can't just like jesus which is interesting i i disagree it's funny you have not been on twitter right recently that much but um what is his tim keller yes thank you i was like twitter (laughs) okay i was like tim i can see his bald head but i can't think of his last name tim allen no oh my gosh he's also allen would say that he's also been around on twitter yeah so you you caught that tim keller tweeted it he said something very similar yes Uh uh-huh yeah you well he said you can't 
You can't. Oh, right. Actually, I saw it from you and then I quote tweeted it from you. Okay. So. Oh, I'm an influencer. You what did Twitter? What, what did Twitter you say? You influence me every Carl day. Say? He said, "You know, you can't just like Jesus. You either, uh, I don't know if it was you, if you love him or like he's your Lord. It was one of those two. But mm-hmm. like, you have to fully commit. Yeah, which in some ways is true. But um, that just being the like the linchpin of the conversion moment for C.S. Lewis. You know, there's just something about that." And it's just odd to go from like talking about philosophy, philosophy, philosophy. Also, it went into the fact that he had a pretty bad childhood as far as like his mom died of cancer when he was pretty young and he watched her die because back then people didn't go to hospitals to die. Mm -hmm. And he prayed, you know, God Mm -hmm. heal my mom and she didn't you know, get healed. And so he's like, yeah, I'm not going to care about this. And then, you know, he has a bad relationship with his dad and, you know, his dad just always yelled at him. And so it's actually a lot about his dad at the beginning, lots oh, of monologuing huh. about huh. his dad and, um, yeah, being at boarding school. And then the weird part is he's talking about himself as like a 13 year old and talking about like being overcome with lust for like his dance teacher. And then <laughs> when he's a little bit older, you know, he goes to war and that was, you know, kind of bad, but, um, then like he got into the occult and so it just keeps talking uh, about like these sins of like lust and the occult and mm. he almost was taken away by the occult and I was like what the heck like <laughs> what like what is the occult right. in England in the 1920s <laughs> like, like Satan and his clutches almost got him you know uh-huh. and I was just like this is not real mm-hmm. if by occult he just means like being aware of other things y- you know so all of that is just so manufactured to me. Just like he lusted after his dance teacher when he was 13 and he was into the occult, you know? Yeah. And then the actual monologue, they just skip over all of his actual weird relationships and things. I remember we learned about right. season, like he was uh-huh. very into whips and bondage and mm-hmm. was in a very messy relationship with the mother of his army buddy who died mm-hmm. and it definitely you know most people believe it had some sexual components into it he eventually became kind of her caretaker but so all that no none of that's in there uh-huh. there's like one woman in the movie his mom and she dies like two seconds into it uh-huh. so there's that too if you okay. just want to see a bunch of men talking yeah or one man talking mostly and then it cuts to some other men talking so we can hope for a sequel the re- most reluctant convert, the actually untold story of C.S. Lewis. Well, it's funny because, you know, is it Shadowlands? There is there is a movie about uh-huh. C.S. Lewis and Joy, um, you know, who mm-hmm. his wife. And that's such a fascinating story. Um, and that's yeah. probably definitely another conversion um, in his life. But this is all pre-Joy. So, yeah, it's just, it's interesting. I think they're definitely trying to make this an apologetics film um you know it kind of ends with him becoming a christian i I like all the scenes at oxford i I believe they actually did film at oxford and i was in cambridge a few years ago and it was wild to be in those halls of power and privilege and just um think about how many people are excluded from that place and have been throughout time and how we elevate um, the people who can make it into those places. But C.S. Lewis was brilliant. I mean, there's no getting around that. I think listening to the language of the narrator, um, you know, I was just like, man, C.S. Lewis. Mm. And he learned, he knew so many languages. He knew so much. Like, 
Hmm. It's just fascinating. But for me, when I was studying C.S. Lewis for a podcast, you know, I was so taken with him being like, it's this thing I call joy. It's this thing I call delight. Like, that's Hmm. what I am after. That's what I pursue. And it never satisfies. You never get enough of it. Like, Mm -hmm. that really drove him. And so, I think he's more of a hedonist than we... (laughs) Realize the original Christian hedonist, know, right? <laughs> but it's too uncomfortable for modern day Christians to really engage with what he's trying to say. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. They're like, Yeah, he was really drawn by delight, and oh, he, he liked his dance teacher when he was 13, so that's evidence of that. I'm like, Okay, there's lots more evidence, <laughs> uh-huh. you know what I mean? Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, so I felt very confused by it, like, it wasn't a bad thing, uh-huh. but it's. I mean, afterwards, I looked up, you know, Max McLean, and it's like, oh, yeah, this is a one-man stage play. Mm. I am not sure. It does not tra- translate cinematically mm-hmm. at all. And there's, I wish there was more flashbacks. Um, yeah, and it's interesting, because, like, there's not a whiff of, of Narnia or any of those things in it, really. So, uh-huh. And I think that's interesting. Like, we talked about this in our season on Narnia, like, White evangelicals in America in particular Mm -hmm. love C.S. Lewis's apologetics. Mm -hmm. But he got over that phase pretty quickly. Mm. Not pretty quickly, but it's like it was one part of his journey. Mm -hmm. And then came the fiction. Mm. And um, I don't know. I just think that's Mm. interesting. Well, I was going to ask you if if obviously C.S. Lewis is influential and like has Mm -hmm. at least some role in like in our history of like white Christianity, do you feel like watching this film, did it feel relevant for today? Yeah. People, I mean the director in the little preview before the film mm-hmm. said, you told know, you it was relevant. He told me it was more relevant than ever because of COVID. And I was like, why? Well, what's he going to say that has anything to do with COVID? But I didn't really catch that connection. Um, I mean, if I'm if I'm being really charitable, and, and honestly, I don't even have to try that hard, but it's like, yeah, like these huge existential philosophical questions, like we all need more time with them, right? Mm-hmm. And C.S. Lewis was able to spend years and years of his life just having these philosophical discussions with the authors of ancient books and then with, with mm-hmm. teachers, right? And so, mm-hmm. I think... I just wish so many more people were allowed to have that space. Um, and, you know, I think I, you know, as a middle-aged mom with two kids, I have a lot of needs. Like, I have to work hard to carve out some space for philosophical questions. And it's worth it. It's totally worth doing. Mm-hmm. So, in some ways, I was pretty energized. Like, mm-hmm. I would love to be, uh-huh. I would love to have a chat with C.S. Lewis. I, I really, really, really would. Yeah. And I don't know, that's kind of like a cool feeling to have. But I'm very curious to like know what the Christian response to this is. I can't find a ton of reviews of this film. It was going to be like a one night only event. Mm-hmm. You know, like those Fathom events, you know, they do right. uh-huh, yeah. like showing an opera. But it did super well. Yeah. Like it made it like me- 1.2 million in one night on mm-hmm. like a very select few theaters. And so mm-hmm. then they were like, okay. And so then they opened it up. So like, mm. depending on if we can get this episode out, early enough like it's still playing in portland it was Mm. playing last weekend it's playing this weekend and so that's really fascinating to me i haven't seen a ton of reviews though Mm. because i just want to know how christians respond to it Mm -hmm. i think my parents would like it Mm. but i think they'd be a little bored Uh uh-huh well that's what's really interesting is like the existential questions piece like we there are certain people that we sort of like you know like 
there are certain people that we really focus on as like, yeah, like, you know, they went ask these existential philosophical questions Mm -hmm. and that led them to Jesus. But that's the only context you're allowed to ask those questions in the church is if you know from the start that it's going to lead you to Jesus. Because I think there's so many questions about like suffering, um, you know, for one, like, you know, if he watched his mom die after praying that she would be healed, like that's a really great question. And that is not a question that is often like that we can have discussions about, like pastors and Christian leaders have answers for it, yeah. <laughs> but we're not allowed to like ask these questions and we're not allowed to bring in all these philosophical questions from other places as well. Yeah. And it's really interesting in the framing of the movie, right? And he, again, he's in Oxford where, you know, I don't think it's manufactured to say that he was really against modernism mm-hmm. and this sense that we've discovered all there is to know mm-hmm. and, God is just like a construct that ignorant people create, you know? And so mm-hmm. I'm sure that was prevalent. And I, I think a lot of like white evangelicals think that's still like a very prevalent thing. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe it is, but I never went to Oxford. So, you mm-hmm. know, I don't know. Right. Um, but for this movie and for the telling of the story, it's all about like, we finally got one of these smart guys <laughs> on our team. And what's fascinating is like, Really, the only time they talk about Jesus is in that little scene where you can't just, you know, Jesus oh. is either a liar or lunatic or Lord. Hmm. The rest of it is just about like, am I a theist? You know, um, do I believe in the divine order? And what, at the end of sort of the movie, the C.S. Lewis character guy was like, um, you know, there's only two world religions I could even think about converting to. One's Christianity and one is Hinduism. And it sort of it was sort of a weird tangent because he's like, Islam is just a corruption of Christianity or something like that. And I was like, mm-hmm. and he's like, yeah, all Judaism is like containing Christianity. I was like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. whatever. Um, but it's funny. I, I don't actually, I don't remember reading that C.S. Lewis was drawn to Hinduism, but he, he did like the stories and the mythology of it. Um, but yeah, like the end goal is like, he goes to church in Oxford mm. and like, that's where it ends. And so I'm just like, Gotta how get is, people in the door. How is that? What, what does any of this have to do with Jesus? Like, we're so mm. happy he joined the team. We're so happy he sits in this old chapel and mm. he had like attended church a little bit earlier when he was like thinking about becoming a theist. And he's just like, I hate it. I hate the hymns. I hate all of it. Mm. And then at the end, you know, it's like, I go because I'm a Christian. This is what you do. And I was like, what? <laughs> I think, I think Jesus upended C.S. Lewis's life in really interesting and delightful and messy ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but And I think like captured his imagination. Yes. And so, it was just interesting. I love it. I loved it because I was thinking the whole time, and I, and I like movies <laughs> like that. I'm not going to watch it again. Uh-huh. But I would totally encourage people hmm. to spend time. It's, I, it's like, I haven't seen anything like this. Um, it was like 90 minutes, right? Yeah, this guy, this guy really wants to be C.S. Lewis. It's fascinating. <laughs> Am I going to turn into that with Dorothy Day? I for those who don't know, I'm writing a book on a historical figure as well that I'm very obsessed with. And it's like, oh, no, don't start arresting like Dorothy Day. But so happens, where, as you know. Okay, tell me where's the line? When do I start saying something? Because if it's making her hair, your hair like hers, uh-huh. we've already crossed that line. No, my hair is bl- 
No, but guy. remember the other day when you braided it? I dressed it for Halloween. Oh, that is very different. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Anyways, hero worship. I get it. It's mm-hmm. just kind of fascinating. Right. To yeah. see it in action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I look, you know, there's one like Christian website that was talking about it and they were like, yep, it's basically an apologetics film. And like, that was a really good thing. Yeah. I was going to ask. Apologetic film and it's evangel- evangelistic. Oh. Mm-hmm. So they're like, that's why you should go. <laughs> for, for the non Christians that happen to find okay, themselves. This is okay. This is from. What's this Christian website? Crosswalk.com. Crosswalk.com says the most reluctant convert is an inspiring tale about an atheist who was consumed by intellect. He believed Christianity was one mythology among many, and he became the greatest defender of faith of the 21st century, which yikes. None of that was in the Uh film. Do you think he's the greatest defender of the faith of the 21st century? Uh, I don't know. I mean, he like think about like who who's in the running. I don't think there's one. That's just a terrible title to have. Yes, it is a terrible title to have. But I think if you're thinking like who could go of in that England, column, but not of the greatest defender of the faith of the 21st century of the 21st. Yeah. Or twenty if this is the twenty first century. This is again. This is some writer for crosswalk.com. Okay, this, but still, yes. that gives you an insight into what's behind this movie. And the yeah. director basically has mostly made Christian films, not all, and hasn't made tons of them. Um, you know, this guy who starred in it, Max McLean, like he's only done Christian stuff. Mm. Um, so there's probably way more of that than I think. Um, but as far as Christian movies goes, this is a, this is an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is an interesting one. Uh-huh. But I well, don't know. It, if you it, watch it, do you did you did you get bored of the philosophy or not? Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. I didn't hear people murmuring along in the theater. Like, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, you know, it's not like right, yeah, huh? Yeah, that is really interesting. Yeah, I. It's a very interesting question. Who's the greatest defender of the faith? And even uh-huh. the, that phrasing, the defender, right of the faith. Well, it sounds like I don't know the movie business at all, but it you know it being framed as this fathom event sort of thing like makes it sound to me like this is like nerd niche. Like mm-hmm. you know, this isn't is this isn't them being like we're gonna do a biopic of. C.S. Lewis and hope that everybody comes. It's going to be like, if you are interested in hearing C.S. Lewis mm-hmm. talk about how he came to faith, like come to this thing. Yeah. You know, it also almost makes you think of like, if there's like a C.S. Lewis land and then you had like a C.S. Lewis impersonator who like set up on stage and did a little bit. That's <laughs> right? so true. I can see it happening. Yeah. How has this not happened yet? Right. I mean, it, you know this, if you listen to our, uh, our Chronicles of Narnia series, but we did go to a Bible college that across the street had a house of one of our professors that had like a million C.S. Lewis artifacts mm-hmm. and various parts of the house set up to be like houses in Chronicles of Narnia. So, I mean, I think that's the closest. If I had money, I would probably buy a C.S. Lewis artifact. Is that weird to say? <laughs> no, because you recently told me that you wanted to turn our children's dollhouse into a tenant apartment from Dorothy Day's right, time. Yeah, so. <laughs> so it's not surprising you know, at all. C.S. Lewis and Dorothy Day were contemporaries. Mm-hmm. Did and they interact? the woman 
Steve Lewis ended up marrying was a communist. So mm. she probably would have loved Dorothy Day. Mm-hmm. I wonder if she knew Dorothy Day. This is yeah. fascinating. Sequel three. C.S. Lewis didn't like Catholics a ton, though. I mean, Tolkien was a Catholic. You know you know that until we did our series, I always thought he was Catholic. Oh, my gosh. You're so England. racist against England. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, Anglicans to us are right. basically Catholics. Yeah. Because true. we're low, 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 low church people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Because I think it was like the emphasis on like, you know, baptism and... Um, and communion and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's not evangelical. Oh <laughs> so it must be Catholic. Chrisman, I know who the greatest defender of the faith of the 21st century is. <laughs> Dorothy Day? Oh. <laughs> Do you think I was going to say you? I thought you were going to say Eric Metaxas. <laughs> I mean, he punched somebody. That out of the, he punched oh, somebody. He screams so loud. <laughs> you know, I one mean, day I'm going to write a biography of Eric Metaxas. You told me that the other day. I tweeted it, buddy. I didn't tell you. You told me. You told me that <laughs> on our my date. tweets. Confused. No, no. Oh, maybe yes. I think you're right. I was like, we talked about something different. We talked about you. Right. So Chrisman has a book coming out too, you guys. Way before mine, called "Attached to the Invisible," and his publicist was it's like, "It's attached to God," but I call it "Attached to the Invisible" oh all the time. Gosh. Thank you for correcting me. I'm the worst wife. No, no, no. I I do the same thing. I like Google, like I look up "Attached to Invisible" in Amazon to like find my it's book a page. Really good title. I know it's a really good podcast. But he has a podcast called that. So yes. Chrisman's <laughs> a man of many. Anyways, his publicist is like, "Should we reach out to the Eric Metaxas show?" And Chrisman was telling me that. Like, I said, "No, no, no." I was like crispin this is your bonhoeffer moment like <laughs> you go on you get on the eric metaxas show and you just you know seize your moment mm-hmm. and what do you do you want to do that crispin no. oh you'd be so good at it i would be uh, yeah, you I, take your white male privilege to the eric metaxas show in the eric metaxas show mm-hmm. and then you're like you're just you just have like insecure attachment to god right that's that's not i mean that's the thing yeah every theologian has their stuff and you would have loved the part about his dad in the beginning and Mm -hmm. i wish you had been there to watch it but yeah to have your mother die when you're young and then your dad just sort of like be off his rocker um Mm. what i think is what really stood out to me as we did the season on chronicles of narnia and i'm sure it comes out here is like C.S. Lewis is in just such a different location than, like, you know, white evangelicals in the Bible Belt. <laughs> and yeah. so, like, while he holds to a lot of the same tenets, when he talks about it, in a lot of ways, he means something really different, I mm-hmm. think. Um, yeah, he brings tons of, like, history. And mm-hmm. and again, it's, it's all history from the classics, so it's right. just, it's very white and privileged too you know yeah, right but, another another white way of getting to jesus <laughs> i mean it's it's fascinating because you you know roman culture greek culture all of that is is really important to c.s lewis so yeah i think it's he's definitely a person worth wrestling with mm-hmm. i kind of wish we could revamp a story of his later life um yeah. Well, I mean, we have a list of movies we can make now. We have the un, the really, the actually untold stories, and then we have like more untold stories. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. So I think many, there's a lot. So many to write. Mm-hmm. And there's a guy out there who really wants to be C.S. Lewis who mm-hmm. might mm-hmm. star in these. <laughs> Fifty Shades of. No. <laughs> but it's 
probably slightly appropriate. Right. Oh my god. Prison! We're getting off the rails. Okay, if you 50 guys Fifty Shades of Narnia. Oh. No. Okay, if you guys <laughs> if you guys see this movie, uh, let us know what you think about it. Mm-hmm. And um, hey, for our patrons, you will get to vote on what Christian movie we watch and recap for our patron only episode. And we're gonna do like a legit Christian uh, movie this one so maybe I've, I've been dropping fireproof a lot uh-huh. does that mean i secretly want to watch it <laughs> i would nerd out too much because it's about marriage and i'm a couples therapist okay. and do you know would legit be annoyed wouldn't you i would be very annoyed <laughs> okay so y'all can you know join our community mm-hmm. vote on that um we've really appreciated just the feedback we've gotten um especially on the jesus music mm-hmm. documentary people are sharing some mm-hmm. feelings and and there's such emotional connections to music um i don't know i don't know if people have as much emotional connection to the philosoph- philosophical uh, <laughs> ramblings of, of c.s lewis yeah. uh but you know whatever right well we're excited for next time we got to figure out what's next well, you're going to see this weird Zachary Levi movie about a football player who is a Christian. And because he's a Christian, um, it, maybe he gets good at football when he's Ooh. old. I think that's what the movie's about. Okay, yeah. No, that makes sense. I already I bought mean, you tickets for it. You did. It's got to be called For zero courageous. money. It's got to be called Courageous Footballer. I don't remember the name. <laughs> right. I, I forget too, but. The whole time I was watching the preview, I was like, I'm watching somebody get concussions for jesus like mm-hmm. the whole football thing man mm-hmm. i'm not football a fan. and jesus i'm not a fan okay yeah we're excited to keep talking about these thank you all for listening and we will talk to you soon thanks for listening to the prophetic imagination station podcast you can always send us an email at propheticimaginationstation at gmail.com. You can find us on all the socials, and you can also join our Patreon community for as little as $1.50 a month. There, you can hear extra episodes where we talk about things like Brio Magazine and WOW 1999. Thanks for listening.